It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Orlando Magic finally unleashed their size. And they have their very own death lineup. It's time to break it all down on today's Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is February 3rd, 2024. My name is Phil Prosper. I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic defeat the Minnesota Timberwolves 108-106. to How they finally unleashed their size and created a death lineup that is going to devastate the league. We're going to talk about that. Plus, the other part of that equation, the problem the Magic may not be able to solve. We'll get to that coming up on today's episode of Locked On Magic. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, this great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day from the moment Jeff Waltman stepped in as president of basketball operations um there has been I don't want to say a single guiding philosophy or a single guiding thing but there has been a stereotype of what the Orlando Magic look for in players what the Orlando Magic are trying to build and who this Orlando Magic team is ultimately trying to be We've joked about it. Jeff Waltman's joked about it. He's in on the joke too. This theme is all about its size and its versatility. But what does that really mean? You know, yeah, we say, oh, the Magic draft another guy with long arms. But what does that actually mean? What does that actually look like? What does that actually translate to in the midst of a game? 
that has been the ultimate question because it's one thing just to draft guys based on their physical attributes, but to have a guiding principle, to have a guiding philosophy, to turn that into a functioning team, that's another thing entirely. And obviously the Magic have gone through a couple iterations, but they think they have it down with the playmaking ability of Paolo Bancaro, the playmaking ability of Franz Wagner. They want to be this versatile team that is about positional versatility, but also about skill versatility. And so it's not just about length and size, although that is a big part of the deal. We have not yet seen this fully unleashed on the league and fully unleashed in this team. Some of that's because there are just so many injuries this team has had to deal with that we haven't had a healthy roster to look at that, to see that fully deployed. Well, the Magic are healthy now. Even Gary Harris is back in the lineup. The Magic can begin to look this way. And Minnesota, unfortunately, found out what this Magic team is building. The Orlando Magic dominated the fourth quarter, winning 28-18. to Jonathan Isaac played the entire quarter with the Magic understanding and realizing how devastating he is defensively. And ultimately, the Magic finished the game with what we can only describe as their death lineup, quote-unquote. Remember the death lineup, the Draymond Green at center lineup with Steph and Clay and Andre Godala and how it would just devastate teams with their spacing and, and, and crush teams with the decisions that they would have to make, even though it was only for brief minutes and brief moments in games it became a matchup nightmare in the playoffs. Everyone's been chasing a sort of death lineup since. The Magic now have theirs. Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner, Paolo Bancaro, Jonathan Isaac, Wendell Carter. The Magic now have their own death lineup. A lineup that is seemingly impossible to score on. A lineup that slots players into these devastating roles, into the ability to switch nearly one through five, to defend at an incredibly suffocating level. The Magic got the lead against the Minnesota Timberwolves. I mean, they they had to fight for it. They were down by as much as 17 in the first half. They got the lead in the fourth quarter. And for the final seven minutes, they did not let go. For the final seven minutes, this group, this death lineup, dominated the game. Now, sure, the numbers will say that the Magic only won those minutes 15-13. Um, Minnesota did hit a late three, so it was really 15-10. It, it's not that it fully dominated the game. But Minnesota also didn't score on them. Minnesota scored only 18 points in the final quarter. They were 5 for 20. Uh, as our friends at Locked on Wolves will point out, you know, there's maybe some frustration with the shot selection, with Minnesota's general stagnation. You know, you could certainly say Anthony Black, um, or not Anthony Black, Anthony Edwards um, was dealing with the knee injury that he suffered late in the first half. You could say all of that. But you also have to acknowledge that Jonathan Isaac shut down Carl Anthony Towns. You also have to acknowledge that the Magic, because they were able to switch because of their size, were incredibly disruptive. 
And yeah, you have to acknowledge that the refs let a lot of physicality go, and that's kind of where the Magic live. That's kind of where the Magic want to dominate games. The Timberwolves couldn't find their way, and this lineup had a lot to do with it. It's not even really just about this lineup. Yeah, 100 offensive rating, not great. 86.7 defensive rating, that is good. For the season, though, the group has played 19 minutes together with an offensive rating of 114.3 points per 100 possessions. It's pretty good. And a defensive rating of 107.3. Since Isaac returned from his latest injury on January 13th, the group has played 15 minutes together with an offensive rating of 118.8 and a defensive rating of 78.1. Say what you want about everything else. This group defends. Is just suffocating. Just just absolutely suffocating. And of course, that's not that Franz Wagner is a poor defender or Wendell Carter is a poor defender. They, they're both really good defenders. Paolo's gotten a lot better. Jalen is Jalen Suggs. A lot of this is because Jonathan Isaac just makes every defensive lineup work. Jonathan Isaac is whatever multi-limbed animal you want to compare him to. He is going to get stops. He's going to be able to defend everybody on the floor. And he's going to dig out and make big plays throughout the course of the game. In fact, Jonathan Isaac played 20 minutes in this game. Played all 20 minutes, all 12 minutes in the fourth quarter. The Magic couldn't take him off the floor. And it was, it was obvious they couldn't take him off the floor. He was too impactful defensively. And now that he is healthy, or about as healthy as he can be, Now that he is healthy, they can fully unleash him. Now that he's healthy, they can do lineups like this. They can play lineups like this. They can unleash their size. And look, Minnesota is a team that is specifically designed for the Magic to play this way. We're going to talk about Marco Fultz and why he wasn't the answer in this game. Coming up in a minute. But the Magic had to match Minnesota's size with size. And the fact of the matter is, Minnesota's probably one of the few teams that is bigger than the Magic. They're one of the few teams in the league where the Magic have to play this lineup. And considering that the Magic just took it to what is the first place team in the Western Conference, it shows what they're still capable of doing. The Magic have a death lineup. How often they turn to it, how much they lean on it, whether it eventually starts, I'm not ready to go there. Certainly in doses like this, teams aren't going to be able to figure it out. And that is a huge weapon the Magic have as they get ready for this playoff stretch and eventually get ready for the playoffs. For this death lineup to work, though, the Magic had to sacrifice... Something else, we'll talk about why the Magic couldn't go back to Mark L. Fultz. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. For your next listen, be sure to check out the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's the first 24-7 streaming sports channel on YouTube. You can check it out today. Hear from local experts like myself, as well as our national shows breaking down everything in the sports world. If it's happening in sports, it's probably happening on the Locked On Podcast Network. And Locked On Sports Today is your ticket to that world. Check it out today. Search for Locked On Sports Today on YouTube. So the Magic have this death lineup. They have this really great lineup that's playing really, really well. Jonathan, I, you know, we'll get to the box score here in a minute, but Jonathan Isaac gives this team a new dimension. Obviously, the, the, the curse of depth is that you can't play everybody. The curse of depth is that, yeah, you, you have a lot of depth. You could count on a lot of different people, but you're going to have to make decisions to close games. And, and the decisions a coach makes matter. And look... I, I know a lot of people are critical of Jamal Mosley's rotations and some of his ro- rotation decisions. I will continue to tell you a lot of his thinking is about long-term stuff. It's about building the team that they're going to be, not necessarily the team that they are. A lot of it's about trust. Um, look, I think Anthony Black needs to be in the rotation. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and d- deny that. He didn't play in this game with Gary Harris back. Magic have a lot of things to juggle and a lot of things to jumble. And, and, and you know, that's a tough decision for Jamal Mosley. But we got to give credit where credit is due. The Magic could have gone back to their original starting lineup. That, that's what convention would tell you to do. But Jamal Mosley trusted Jonathan Isaac. He saw that he wasn't tiring. He saw that he was playing really, really well. And that decision won them this game. That decision completed this comeback and won them this game. In the clutch moments, he trusted Jonathan Isaac and Jonathan Isaac delivered. And the starters delivered with them. Uh, and so, again, give credit where credit's due. I, I really do appreciate that despite whatever you might think about Jamal Moses' rotations, he has proven himself to be pretty flexible. We have had coaches here who are not flexible, who will go back to what they trust, what they believe in, no matter how the game is going, regardless of how the flow of the game is going. I, I think you got to give Mosley a lot of credit for this decision. It's not an easy one. It, it may have been self-evident, but, you know, again, Jonathan Isaac played all 12 minutes in the fourth quarter. That is that is not a typical thing. It's the second time he's done it this season. The Magic, Jamal Mosley at least shows the willingness to roll with what's working. And he's done that throughout throughout the course of his, his tenure. So, again, uh, I, I do appreciate that he is flexible enough to do that, that he doesn't have a set plan. He's going to go where the game takes him. The other side of the coin, though, is that the Magic couldn't go back to Markel Fultz. And if you watch this game at all, you understand why. And it's part of the bigger question the Magic have about Fultz that is coming into clear focus now that we're getting closer to the trade deadline. Now that that mythical time is here. You know, the Magic have decisions to make. They have, not deadlines, but they, you know, they have a deadline to 
make some commitments to this roster, to certain players, to retaining assets. They are at that stage right now. And they're at that stage with Marco Fultz. Marco Fultz is a free agent this summer. And so the Magic do have a choice to make with him. And right now, it certainly looks and it certainly feels like Markel Fultz is not the answer at point guard. Look, Fultz had a solid game. I, I want to make that clear. We're going to go into the box score in a moment, but Fultz had 10 points, 5 for 9 shooting, 5 assists. You look at those stats and you think, that's a pretty solid game for Markel Fultz. You know, only one turnover. He's not making a ton of mistakes. And, and again, we'll dive in the box score. Fultz did good things. I don't want to sit here and pretend that Marco Fultz did not deliver for this team and did not do good, you know, did not give this team things that it needed. But if you watch this game, you saw the Wolves do what I think a lot of teams are going to do with the Magic in the playoffs, especially. They're going to give the Tony Allen special. They're going to put their rim protector guarding Markel Fultz and let him just roam the paint. Not really guarding anybody because Markel Fultz isn't much of a threat to shoot from the perimeter, especially. Now look, Fultz still got some jumpers off and still got some shots in, but he also passed on some jumpers that he has to take. Even if he misses, it's just about keeping defenses honest. If the defense doesn't think you're going to shoot, they're not going to care. And now you're playing four on five. I wouldn't say the Magic are playing four on five. It's more like four and a half on five, but it's become a problem. And it's a problem that's only going to look worse when we get to the playoffs. Minnesota built a 17-point lead in this game because A, Orlando was a little slow getting into their into their offensive sets. Um, Minnesota hit a lot of really contested shots. The Magic's defense wasn't good early in this game. Plain and simple. 38 points in the first quarter. Defense wasn't good early in this game. But some of it had to do with Rudy Gobert was able to close the paint down because Markel Fultz wasn't a concern. Now, again, it's not like Jonathan Isaac is some crazy concern to him. He only had three points of the game. His only made basket was a critical tip-in with about a minute 15 left. Um, it's not like Jonathan Isaac is some crazy offensive player either. But he is at least a threat to shoot. He at least gives them some size so that there is a target to pass to when Gobert comes over. This is the problem. This is the issue. And again, it's not like Marco Fultz is small, but this is the issue. Teams can ignore Fultz. And, you know, early in the season, it was everyone putting one foot in the paint. That, that stuff hasn't gone away. The Magic just need Fultz to be more aggressive, to be more assertive, to be more comfortable shooting the ball. Simple act. And look, he's getting there. He's, you know, he's come a long way this from where he was when he first came back. He is able to hit jumpers. He is making shots. He is contributing offensively. I, I don't want to sit here and say that he's not. But we all know what this Magic team needs. We're not hiding or pretending that we don't know what this Magic team needs. I read your comments. I sit here and say, all the Magic have to do is make shots. And you say, oh, well, they need to get shooters. And, and, and when I say this team still has enough to win despite their lack of shooting, I'll say, they need, we need shooting. I know that. That's not on the roster right now. 
but we do know what's coming. We do know that we're entering the transaction period. We do know we're entering a period where the magic have to think about these things. And I have to think about what best fits this team. And the plain, and the truth is becoming plainer. That it, it, it may not be Markel Fultz. Or it probably isn't Markel Fultz. Which sucks, because we all like him. You know, we, we want his redemption story to work. But you watch a game like this and you see how teams defend him. It's hard to conclude otherwise. When we come back, we will dive into the box score, talk about individual performances as the Magic defeat the Minnesota Timberwolves. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's dive into the box scores. The Orlando Magic defeat the Minnesota Timberwolves 108 to 106. Again, just to, I have to say this, like, we're focusing on the death line. We're focusing on some of the big, big picture issues. This was a really solid win. Um, you know, again, the reason why I, I like talking about this death lineup and, and about this, the way that the Magic played this game is that they really embraced who they are. They embraced what makes them unique. They are a big, long, versatile team. They can switch. They, they can throw out lineups that can switch one through five and still relatively function. That's what makes this team really special. And we saw that on the floor against a really good Minnesota team. Like, I, like I, I, I know Chris Finch talked about the team shot selection, but got to give a lot of credit to the Magic's defense. They forced a lot of difficult shots. And, and look, Minnesota made a bunch of them early in the game, but they forced a lot of difficult shots. They forced a lot of turnover, 17 for 16 points. They did a lot of things to bother Minnesota and use their size against them. Um, eventually, they found it, found, were able to get it to work. And Orlando, obviously, they're, they're kind, their deal is they kind of scratch out just enough offense to, to, to make their defense matter. You know, doesn't matter how good your offense is as long as it scores more than the other team, right? The Magic really embraced who they are. And, and that goes not only for the size thing, but for their defense, the way, they, the way that they got down and defended, especially after how poorly they played in the first quarter. They, they played excellent defense throughout the fourth quarter too to just take this game over and, and eventually win. And again, the, the star of the night is not going to be someone that stands out on the box score. In nearly 20 minutes, 1959, Jonathan Isaac scored three points, grabbed eight rebounds, two steals, and a block. He had seven of those eight rebounds in the fourth quarter. He scored all three of those points in the last two minutes. He had a putback uh, after Franz Wagner missed a jumper over Rudy Gobert. Isaac was able to take that open space with Gobert out of the lane. 
tip the ball back in, give the Magic a four-point lead with about a minute 15 to play, hit a free throw late in the game. His defense on Carl Anthony Towns, again, was outstanding. Towns finished the game with 19 points, just three rebounds. He, he was seven for 17 from the floor. He was one for three, just one for three in the fourth quarter. He had six turnovers. I think a lot of that was Isaac's work, especially in that fourth quarter. Um, it, it was it was an excellent game from, from Jonathan Isaac. And again, he, he just sets the tone defensively for this team. Offensively, that tone was set by Paolo Bancaro. 23 points, 10 for 20 shooting, one for one from three, two for two from the foul line, six assists, did have three turnovers. Um, a, an all-star effort from Paolo, leading scorer for the game, by the way. Um, just an all-star effort, just just really just consistent and solid. You know, maybe some opportunities to attack that he didn't take advantage of. Maybe a little hesitant to pull from three, but again, he, the effectiveness was just very, very clear. Got a little frustrated with the lack of foul calls. He only had one. Free, he only had two free throws in the game, which is very rare for him. But honestly, the officials let both teams play very physically. They they let these teams really get after it, um, which I really appreciate because these are two really good defensive teams. Uh, the Magic did, uh, you know, Paolo did a good job ultimately scoring and, and taking care of his business there. Um, Franz Wagner, another nice game for him. 19 points, 7 for 17 shooting. Missed all five of his three-pointers, so a little bit cooling off there. Two re- uh, Four rebounds, excuse me, five assists, two steals, and a block. Um, just really solid, just constant pressure. Like, maybe challenge Gobert a, a little bit too timidly, not timidly, but too unwisely. Uh, and again, missed some three. So 7 of 17, so that makes him 7 of 12 on two-point two field goals. It's pretty good. Um he was able to get downhill, get to his shots, and and you know again, just he's he's looking more and more like himself. The three three pointers didn't go down in this game, but he's looking more and more like himself, and so he certainly looks to be much healthier. Wendell Carter, a really nice game as well, even with Gobert on him or, or near him in the paint. Eighteen points, six for twelve shooting, four for six from the foul line, twelve rebounds for him. A monster on the glass, just a really good job on the glass. Did a good job. He was guarding Carl Anthony Towns uh, in the early part of the game. Paolo Bancaro had the Rudy Gobert duty. Paolo was overmatched by Gobert. Another reason why the Magic just had to go to that bigger lineup was to get Paolo off of Gobert. Uh, putting Isaac on Towns enabled Carter to, 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 to guard Gobert. That was just a, a friendlier matchup for him. And, and again, it's not like Gobert's a huge offensive threat, but Carter locked down the glass um, when, when they were matched up together in that fourth quarter. And, and that's that was such a huge factor in this game. Another solid game there. Jalen Suggs, 15 points, 4 for 12 shooting, 4 for 9 from deep, 3 for 4 uh, from the foul line, 6 rebounds for him. Um, great homecoming game for him. You know, the shooting percentages aren't great, but those four three-pointers are why the Magic got back in this game. He had, I think it was, let me just check my stats here. He had uh, 1 of 3 in the first half. He hit 3 of 5 in the third quarter. Those three three-pointers in third quarter are why the Magic completed this comeback. They, they worked hard to get it to single digits at halftime. They took the lead. They made this a game in the third quarter. That's a big reason why. You know, Suggs being able to hit contested and difficult threes, um, it, that's been one of the most pleasant developments of the season. And look, the shooting percentages are not there. He still made some, like, iffy decisions. He had three turnovers in the game. Um, you know, it, it feels like sometimes as he's driving, his eyes get bigger than his stomach. Uh, but... Um, but again, he's still making a positive impact on the floor. And, and look, I thought he did a good job on Anthony Edwards. Edwards made some tough shots. Nine for 18, two for eight, 22 points for Anthony Edwards. Did have five assists as well as three turnovers. 
Um, you know, he, you know, Magic needed a little bit more size on him. Putting Franz Wagner and Anthony Edwards at the end of the game, I didn't mention this earlier, Franz Wagner's defense was really good in this game. Um, you know, give all the props to Jonathan Isaac for helping set a tone. And, and players have said, knowing Jonathan Isaac is behind them allows them to be more aggressive, allows them to get into guys a little bit more. Um, so that's a big part of it. But Wendell Carter played great defense. Franz Wagner played awesome defense on Anthony Edwards in the fourth quarter. And look, I know Anthony Edwards was dealing with the knee issue, bumped knees in late in the first half, but they locked him up and shut him down. And, and that's that's why the Magic won. Like their defense won them this game. And it was really, really impressive. Orlando shoots 45.9% from the floor overall, nine for 25 from three. So it didn't take a lot of threes. You like that. 21 of 26 from the foul line. They did have 15 turnovers, but the big stat of the day after having one of their lowest points in the paint games against Minnesota the first time around, only 38 points in the paint, they score 54 in this game. When Orlando gets to around 55 points in the paint, they're usually going to win. So 54 points in the paint, 27 for 50 shooting. Very, very good job attacking, getting downhill. After some tentative moments early in the game trying to attack Gobert, the Magic did a good job drawing him out, dumping it down, dishing it to... Uh, to, to, to help, you know, to, to, to the open man, to the, cutting into the open space that Gobert was leaving behind. They were able to get a lot of points that way. A really, really solid effort from them. Minnesota shoots only 46.3% from Florida. Remember, this is one of the best offenses in the league. 12 for 38 from beyond the arc, 18 for 20 from the foul line. They turned it over 17 times for 16 points. The Orlando Magic defeat the Minnesota Timberwolves 108 to 106. They're back in action Sunday. As the road trip continues in Detroit against the Detroit Pistons, don't sleep on the Pistons. Got that big Sunday afternoon game last week against Oklahoma City. Scored a lot of points against the Clippers on Friday. If you want this Minnesota game to mean anything, got to beat Detroit on Sunday. Big, big game against the Pistons as this road trip continues. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Match. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast. An Apple podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all of them on podcasts to your podcast and able to advice. You can also check us out on YouTube. Search for Locked On Magic or YouTube.com slash at Locked On Magic. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can find us there on Twitter at OMagicDaily. And of course, be sure to check out my Patreon page, the Orlando Magic Hub, at Patreon.com slash Orlando Magic Hub. That's good to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.